Now in this video, I wanna to talk to you about belief. In other words, the things that you believe, your belief system, if you like. You see, beliefs are really, really important to us as individuals and as human beings because they make us who we are. So let's first define exactly what a belief is. And in simple terms, a belief is something that you hold to be true. That's it, it's as simple as that really. So if you believe that your partner loves you, if you believe that the sun's gonna come up tomorrow, then those are beliefs and they're good beliefs to have. But on the other hand, if you believe that you're unworthy, you're useless, you're never gonna succeed, bad things always happen to you, then they're dysfunctional beliefs and they're not good things to hold. Now the other thing is about our belief is we, and this is a unique thing about human species, is we start with the belief first and then we look for the evidence to support the belief. And your brain basically goes on a route march to find evidence to support the belief. And believe you me, there is enough evidence out there to support any belief you hold. And this is why beliefs are so important to us. You see, the belief sits in between the input we get from, from the outside world and the output that we choose to actually produce in our behavior. And we have lots of information coming at us and you get it all the time and it's happened throughout your whole life. You have an input from your parents, from your friends, from your teachers, from your peers, from other people around you, from social media. I mean, if you just look at the amount of information coming at you every second of every day, it is absolutely immense. Now they estimate that the average human being is dealing with 400 billion bits of information per second. That's a lot of information. Now, you only need to filter out 2,000 bits of that information, because that's actually all your brain can deal with. So out of 400 billion bits of information, they're looking for 2,000 bits of information. That's one thousandth of a millionth of a percent, by the way, in case you're interested in the maths. So you, you can find those 2,000 bits of information to support the belief that you hold, and therefore justify your output. And that's why beliefs are so important to us, because holding the wrong type of belief can lead you to produce the wrong type of output, which will basically self-justify the belief that you hold. And that's called a confirmation bias, and I'll come onto that in a, in a video a bit later on. So I just want you to think for a minute about what you believe to be true, because here's the reality about a belief. A belief is not necessarily true. It's something you believe to be true. That's all a belief is. So I want you to start right from, right from the beginning and think about some of the beliefs that you hold. And then I want you to ask yourself the question, are they necessarily true? And if you're getting the evidence to support them, just think again. It's easy to find the evidence to support any belief you hold, because as I've already said, out of 400 billion bits of information coming at you every second of every day, you've only got to find 2,000 bits of information to support any belief you hold. And that confirms your belief, which self-justifies the output you have and the reason that you feel the way you do about yourself. So how do our beliefs become so entrenched in our persona? Well, there's various reasons for this, and, and one could be certain values that you hold. For example, if you want to be seen as a good person, then you may need to hold certain beliefs consistent with being a good person. And this could have started way back in school when you wanted to be you know, a grade A pupil. You did certain things that you, your teachers expected you to do, and they told you that if you did that, you would be a good boy, a good girl, you know, whatever. And, you know, other things like, well, if you study hard and you work hard and you get good grades and you pass your exams, you'll get a good job. 
you know, and that is, is entrenched in people so that they will actually work hard to get good grades to get a good job. Now, not there in itself, it proves the belief sometimes isn't necessarily true because people are currently leaving school without good jobs. But we get this, you know, the, these reinforcement all the time. It could also be certain groups that you belong to. You know, you may belong to a particular religious or social group or a professional guild or something where they hold certain beliefs. And again, you know, with peer pressure, you may want to actually belong. There's a huge need for human beings to want to belong in society to certain groups. So you adopt their beliefs without question, without evidence, just to actually, you know, become part of the group and to actually, you know, satisfy your peers who will see you as a good person in that group. So there's some reasons there why we actually do this stuff. You know, we, we grow up and we find out that some of these beliefs aren't true. For example, you know, when you were a child, you were probably told that at Christmas time, if you're a good boy or a good girl, Santa will come down the chimney and he'll put presents in your, in your stockings. And on Christmas day, you wake up and you'll have lots of good presents. Now, as you grow older, you get to realize that, you know, Santa Claus in the main doesn't really exist. So you, your beliefs change over time, yet you'll still teach your kids the same story. You know, and that's not a bad thing to do. But with other beliefs, we don't question them and they don't change over time. And we reinforce them. And when, when a belief is entrenched, when we actually hold a belief to be true, because of the need to belong, for example, then once that belief is set, we will go and look for more information to reinforce that belief. And that's called a confirmation bias. And it's when you believe something and you're looking for evidence to actually fit that belief. So you confirm it by looking for the evidence to support it, hence called a confirmation bias. So how easy is it for us to be influenced, for our beliefs to be influenced and for that belief to spread? Well, in this video, I want to talk to you about a couple of other biases. But before I do, I want to talk to you a little bit about ideology. And in the context of what I'm talking about, I want, I want to talk about things like a football supporters club, for example. Because a fact of life is, is that people who hold similar beliefs and similar values will actually congregate together and they will form an association or a club like a football sports club. And we have this as well in other areas like professional guilds for certain tradespeople and so on and so forth. Now the fact of this is, is the more people that actually join these associations, the easier it is for that association to spread and become bigger and therefore to impose their ideas, their ideology on other people. And that may be a good thing. You know, it may be a good thing because what they're actually promoting is good. But in other cases, it could be a bad thing. Within these organizations, you will have a committee or you'll have a person in a position of authority. Now, they'll be looked upon in many cases by the people in that association as being the person that knows what they're talking about or the group of people that knows what they're talking about. And these people have influence because when people look up to people like this, this is called the halo effect and it creates a bias. In other words, if these people are in these positions and they tell us stuff, it must be right because of who they are. So the self-justification is there. Now, the other bias I want to talk to you about is something called the IKEA bias. And this is where people in these positions, maybe the chair of an organization or you know a senior member of a committee, can actually produce something. It could be a manifesto, it could be a training course, it could be a set of rules, it could be a code of professional practice, for example. And people will accept that without question. They will just take it on board as being the fact that they must know what they're talking about, this is the right thing to do, they're doing it, so we'll do it too. 
and it's very, very simple then for that to spread as well. Now, the point of this particular video is this, is if you get this stuff imposed upon you, that's the start time to start questioning it as to whether it's right or wrong and not accepting it without evidence and fact. And that's why when you come and train with us, particularly on our five-day restraint structure award course, one of the first things we say to you right at the beginning is please, just because we stood out the front, do not believe a word we say. If you have any questions about anything, ask us. If you have a doubt about something, raise it, because we will provide you with the evidence to back up everything we say. Because we want to break this effect with people, we want to set people free, we want people to be able to think for themselves and to justify their own decisions. And that's really important in our world, because if you end up in a court of law, if your defence is, well, I did it because they told me to do so, then basically you've got what's, what lawyers refer to as the Nuremberg defence, and it's not going to hold any water whatsoever, and it's not going to do you any favours. So that's one of the reasons why you need to, to actually question what you believe to be true. And more importantly, question what other people, sometimes in positions of authority, who other people look up to, again, the halo effect, when they tell you stuff, question it. Now, it's not to say these people are bad, by the way. They might just be, they genuinely believe that what they are promoting is true, even though there is evidence out there to support the fact that they're wrong. Well, if everything I've told you so far is true, and by the way, let's go back to the point on the last video. Don't believe a word I'm saying. Go and do your own due diligence on this. Go and do your own research on this. But just for the sake of the exercise, hypothetically, if everything I've, I've told you up to this point is true, why don't more people challenge the information given to them, especially when they know deep down inside that it's possibly wrong or incorrect? And the main reason for that is fear. Now, this is not to say that people are cowards, by the way. Far from it. We as human beings are genetically predisposed to fear. And let me give you an example, and this is some research done by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grosman. If I walked into a room full of people and I had a live snake and I threw that snake into the room full of people, roughly 15% of the people in that room would have a phobic reaction to that snake. The other people, the other 85%, well, some of them would film their friends having a phobic reaction to it, put it on social media, run away, laugh, scream, jump on tables, etc. But when a human being experiences conflict with another human being, there's an 85% chance that they will have a phobic reaction to conflict. And that is a major factor, and that's why we don't like upsetting our peers. So if an individual wants to belong, and there's a, as I've said already, there's a huge need for human beings to feel that they belong, and they belong to a certain peer group, or they want to become part of a peer group, they may not want to challenge the information given to them, purely because of the fact is that they don't want the conflict that may come back from challenging, particularly a person who may be in a position of authority, you know, challenging their views on what they're actually promoting. So that's a major factor there. But the fact of the matter is, is that more people need to step up to the plate. We need to be challenging information that we know to be wrong. You know, just because someone is academically qualified doesn't mean that they're occupationally competent. And we see this all over the place. And, and my good friend and brother, John Steadman, always said this, and this has stuck with me all the years I've known him and more, and it's been a guiding mantra for me. He always said, do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And that's enough for me. You know, we need to be challenging wrong information coming from certain sources. And we've done it successfully, and we're a thorn in many people's sides as I'm sure some of you already know. But we have to do this, and this is what I urge you to do. And it needs to start with you. You need to start looking at yourself, because 
Every one of you out there has the ability to be successful. Every one of you out there has the ability to do whatever you want to do in life. But you've probably been told things about you from other people that you believe to be true that's not true. You, know, you may have been told that you'll never succeed. You may have been told that people like you are not meant to have success in a particular field. You're not good enough, you're not clever enough, you're not beautiful enough, you know, you know whatever it is. Someone else has imposed that on you and it's not true. That's someone else's ideology. So challenge it, you know, and one of the ways you can do that very successfully is by changing the way that you use your language structure. And I'll be talking more about that on an NLP course that I'm running very shortly. But by changing your language structure, you can actually change the way your brain is programmed. And that's a powerful, powerful control tool. But I'll talk more about that later on. I want to talk about you. And I want to show you and tell you how you have the ability within you to literally change your life by changing your belief system. And you have all the resources you need within you to do that and you can start right now. I mean, let's just take a look at you. I mean, you are a body, you're a three-dimensional body. Now, if we look at your body through an X-ray machine, we will see that your body is made up of, of organs. You have heart, lung, liver, kidney, skin. All these organs come together to make this body. If we then look through a dark field microscope, we'll see that your organs are made up of cells and you are literally a composite of a hundred trillion cells with each cell doing six trillion things a second. That's absolutely extraordinary. Now a hundred trillion cells, that's more stars and planets in our Milky Way galaxy and you have all of that inside you. Now if you break this down further, your cells are made up of atoms and 99.99% of an atom is empty space. So here's the interesting thing for you. If we sucked all the empty space out of every atom in your body, what would be left of you would be nothing bigger than the size of a grain of sand or a grain of salt. That's how small you'd be physically. But that empty space isn't empty space. That empty space is energy. And if you look at Einstein's equation, E equals mc squared, energy equals mass multiplied by the speed of light squared. So the energy within your body makes up 99.99% of who you are. But where does that energy come from? Well, that energy comes from the way you think, the way you choose to think. Your thoughts, your words, your concepts, your ideas, all these things that are within your belief system. This is your power. Now, when you choose to change the way you think, you literally change the energy that goes into your body and changes each one of the cells. It's like reprogramming. In the same way you would open up a laptop, open a document, change a few words in the document and shut the thing down so you have the same document, but it's changed. When you choose to change the way you think, you change the structure of the cells in your body and you change the vibration field of the atoms within your body. Now, I know a few, a few of you may be thinking, well, hang about a minute, he's gonna, he's gonna go a bit mad, he's going, he's going a bit fluffy on me. No, I'm not. This is scientific evidence and fact. In your brain, you have 400 billion neurons. That's massive. Again, that's probably more stars than there are in the Milky Way galaxy. And that's within that three and a half pound gray structure in between your ears. Now, these neurons come together and they form networks. And this is called heavy associative learning. So once again, you can research this stuff. Or if you're coming on a course with us, we're going to tell you and show you all about this stuff anyway. 
But when you choose to think a, a certain way, those neurons come together and they form networks. And the more you repeat that pattern of thinking, the larger those networks grow. So here's the thing. Every habit, every behavior you have is entrenched in a network in your brain. And the more you practice that, and the more you think about, the larger that network grows. So people who, who are quick to anger, I mean, you know, people like that, people say, oh, it's just the way I am, you know, I, I just get angry. No, you don't. You've learned to get angry, and you have a network in your brain that's supporting it. And every time you do it, you're reinforcing that network, and it's growing, it's become bigger, so it's becoming a default option. But here's the cool thing. If you change the way, if you choose to change the way you think, you start destroying the old structures and building new networks in your brain. And this happens in the click of a finger. And the more you repeat it, the new networks grow and the old networks die. And there's even more to this as well. When you think a certain way, your brain sends, sends a signal to the hypothalamus, which is the pituitary gland in the brain. And depending on what you're thinking or what you're saying, that hypothalamus will actually secrete what's called amino acid peptides, which will go and dock with every one of the 100 trillion cells in, in your body. Now, if you say good stuff, that brain produces good chemicals and it neutrifies the cells in your body. If you think bad stuff and say bad stuff, then the hypothalamus produces amino acid toxins, which are not good. And those, those toxins interact with every one of the 100 trillion cells in your body. So, you are literally taking control of your life by choosing to change the way you think. And by the way, you know, look at the research done by Professor Bruce Lipton on this stuff and you'll see what I'm talking about. You know, this is research stuff. This is brand, you know, this has been around for a while now. I was gonna say it's brand new, it's not brand new, it's been around for a long time. See, you are a phenomenal thing. As an individual, you have universal power and you can choose how to use it. So what I'm going to urge you to do, starting right now, is to start affirming the good things about your life. Because I'll tell you what, some of you watching this, you'll be quick to affirm the bad things you do. You go, oh, I've messed up again, or I've screwed that up, or I've made a, you know, a hash of that. Why don't you start changing the affirmation of the things you say to yourself, a little in a voice inside your head, and say good things. Like, yes, I'm good. Yes, I'm creative. I'm successful. I'm going to win. You know, whatever it is you want, You've got to start by the way you think. And like I said, we do more of this on our courses, our five-day courses, our two-day self-defense courses, our NLP course we're going to run at the, end, at the end of the year. So that's something I want you to think about right now, but this is research fact, okay? You can change your belief system. You can change the neurology of your brain. Your thinking can change the physical structure of your brain, and it can actually change the physical structure of your body. Use what's been given to you for you. Don't settle for less. You are a phenomenal, phenomenal thing, right? With huge capacity, huge intellect, and you already possess it. So, start using what you've been given to improve the quality of your life and to change your belief system for the better. A belief is only something that we believe to be true, not necessarily based on any evidence and fact, and there's a benefit in that. And the benefit is, is that you can start to choose the beliefs that you want to believe that will allow you to improve the quality of your life and allow you to live life on your terms to design a future for you, your family, and your loved ones. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, drop me an email. We'd love to hear from you. And please check out our website. And hopefully, if you haven't trained us already, we'll see you on one of our training courses.
Take care. Speak to you soon.